you're fat. You can drink anyone. Maybe you show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have a boyfriend. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're not a party. You're the Chargers. Don't get your crotch in your Hey, all you catches, it's your favorite single gal, Erin, who transformed in front of your eyes, got reeled in in front of your ears, and had an Oprah aha moment that changed everything. Ladies, before we can reel in the catch of a lifetime, we must first bait the hook with self-love. Self-love is power bait. It helped me reel in what I believe to be a keeper, but even the best fisherwomen have to recognize when it's time to catch and release. You're tuned in to another episode of You're Such a Catch, a podcast dedicated to helping you realize the catch that you are. We do not have to be defined by our relationship status nor conform to societal norms. All we have to do is be ourselves. Last week, Kelly Tyne, accountability coach and the podcast host and author of Addicted to the Climb, taught us how we can claim healthy habits that are sustainable and easy to implement into our busy lives. I've added a few things to my daily routine inspired by Kelly's suggestions. Here's what I committed to for myself. Now keep in mind, some of these things I did consistently before this, so it hasn't felt overwhelming at all. In fact, it's been really doable. So I'm eating at a calorie deficit, I'm reading or listening to 30 minutes of self-help or personal development, each morning I list out five gratitudes and five affirmations, I'm moving my body for 45 minutes a day, drinking two liters of water, and you guys, you ready for this one? I gave up alcohol for 30 days. <laughs> you heard that right. Team Tequila is playing on the sidelines right now, but I'm doing this for me, and I'm a weekend, and it feels pretty darn good, so... If you adopted any healthy habits inspired by last week's episode, let me know. I want to support you and cheer you on. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Keisha Fitzgerald, multi-passionate entrepreneur, speaker, podcaster, and CEO who's on a mission to help women unapologetically share their voice and message with the world. I heard Keisha on The Angelie Show, which you already know, Angie is my girl, This episode was straight fire, you guys, and I already know Angie keeps great company. So meeting and connecting with Keisha, I can't even. I mean, you're about to hear what an incredible leader, motivator, and badass she is. I'm just going to put this intention out there. Meeting Angie and Keisha IRL in the same place, the three of us together, mm, that's what entrepreneur dreams are made of. The energy would be through the roof. I'd probably have a snorting attack, you know, from laughing too much. So, okay, I'm going to stop talking about it so you can hear this for yourself. But before we dive in, please make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast player you tune in on. If you find this episode helpful, please share it on your Instagram or with a friend or someone who you know will benefit from the message. There's also a downloadable worksheet that corresponds with today's episode. If you want to follow along, take action, and evoke change, click on the link in the episode notes to download and print the form. So I just want to dive right in. Okay, so one, I am so obsessed with your energy. It is so good. And I feel like the mindset work that you're doing and just how you use your platform to help women is so aligned with my mission. And so I'm so happy to have you here. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you, Erin. You're so sweet. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I just feel like I could, I don't know, I could probably talk to you for hours, but like, tell me a little bit about how you got started and where you felt this like ping to create this platform to use your voice to help women. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think a lot of listeners will be able to connect with this feeling, especially people that listen into your show, of this gut feeling that you want more, but you don't know what the hell more is. So you Mm -hmm. feel kind of just like uncomfortable, especially because we become the byproduct of the expectations of our peer group. So when we don't have people around us that are doing things that aren't so linear, like societal standards are telling us to do, we feel kind of like crazy or we feel like what's Mm -hmm. wrong with us. And that was kind of how I started was I went to college, got the corporate job. I had great managers. I had great career trajectory. I had a great income. I don't have the story of like back against the wall, had to make it work, crazy manager. I I just, I, everything was really pretty good. And on paper by a lot of other people's standards would be great. But internally, I just felt so uncomfortable. I was like, this is wrong. Like yeah. I'm on the wrong path, but like, what is my path? And I felt a little bit of like, almost like guilt that I was in such a better place than a lot of other people. And I still wanted more. And I, and I let that kind of keep me stuck for a little bit Mm. until I decided, you know what, like I need to try something on the side, like just to see if it could be fulfilling for me. Like, I don't know what I want to do, but I need to start trying things out because this is just not the right path. And when I say that I wanted like more for me, I actually don't mean that being an entrepreneur is more than working in the corporate world. I don't think everyone should be entrepreneurs, contrary to what a lot of people say. (laughs) Like, I just, I don't, I just don't think everyone's built for it. And that's totally cool. We all have different visions for our life. But for me, I intuitively kind of knew. So my first business was in January of 2014, and it was in network marketing. So I started that on the side, ended up building that up. And learning a lot of skills, I got to speak on like huge stages. My first time speaking in front of an audience was in front of 7,000 people live. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, "Ah, I hope I don't, like, I hope I don't poop my pants or like puke on the stage because like, this is going to be awkward. I remember I wore like these big J-Lo hoops because I felt like that would give me confidence. And the sound tech guy was like, Keisha, you're going to need to take off those hoops because they're clicking against your mic pack. And I was like, these are my J-Lo hoops. I don't know who I am without these. What am I going to do? Well, and like when you're wearing a jumpsuit and you've got those little like chicken cutlet like bra things uh-huh. on and then you get into the stall and like those things fall off and you're because you're so sweaty and it's just like, I'm like, oh my God, can I do this? And this is my really, every weekend look. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So you're so cute. I love your laugh. So anyway, basically what I learned from building that is I learned how to build up a massive community. I mm. built a large team. I got a lot of opportunities to learn like what it is that felt really aligned and just kind of honoring, like saying yes to things and opportunities that were coming my way. And I was building that business before and after work. So I moved from Seattle where I was living to New York City, where my now fiance was going to NYU dental school and I was financially supporting both of us. So oh, dang. I was working at Google in corporate recruiting. That was my full-time job. And then I would build my business before and after work. And it got to the point where it was actually more of like an opportunity cost situation where I it was grow my business was growing so fast on the side that I didn't have enough time to like do it all. Like it just mm-hmm. got to that point. I wasn't building it to get out as quickly as I could, even though I personally, and I think this is a good question for all the listeners to ask themselves too. A lot of people in the narrative on social media is like, jump, and then it will appear. Just quit that job or just do whatever. 
I happen to be someone who personally is very comfortable with risk, like abnormally comfortable with risk, like an adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. type of person. But the the situation and the circumstances that I was in is I was supporting two people, one that couldn't work because he was in dental school, full like living in downtown New York City, where like right. you get 500 square feet for like $2,500 and you have <laughs> one window and you blow dry your hair in the kitchen because the bathroom <laughs> outlets don't work. Like that was my life. <laughs> And so I I wasn't in a situation where I was willing to just jump and hope that it worked. I saved up six months of runway, and mm. then I left the corporate world 14 months after I started that network marketing business. So then I kept doing that. It was I loved it for the first couple of years, and then we moved from New York to San Diego, and I got that gut feeling again that was like, what's wrong with me? Everything on paper makes sense. Like, I'm crushing it in this. I know what to do. I'm getting a lot of positive, like, accolades and hitting all these like things and making great money. But I was like, this is not it. This is Mm -hmm. the wrong thing. And I don't know what it is. So I did what I'm always a huge proponent of. And I started something else on the side. And I started my podcast, Empower Her, three years ago. And that's when everything really started to take off because I was building a personal brand outside of my existing business. And my goal with the podcast was I wanted it to be like a come with me, let's figure this out Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. rather than a look at me, I've got this all figured out type of podcast because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was like, I'm lost. So I was Googling (laughs) who wrote a book on when you feel lost. And I would bring her on the show. Yeah. I'd be like, tell me what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And I think people really connected with that. And the podcast community grew exponentially faster than I thought that it would. And then I just kept listening to them. And I think this is like a really good lesson for listeners is sometimes when you feel something isn't being done the way that you want it to be done, Mm -hmm. that's an indication that you're the person that's supposed to do it, right? Like if it's not being represented Mm -hmm. the way you want, you're supposed to be the representation. And I felt like a lot of podcasters were women that were a couple years ahead of me. And Mm -hmm. they were telling me in hindsight how they got through things that they already figured out. I'm like, what if you're ugly crying on your bathroom floor right now and you're asking yourself, like, why is this not a mascara? I'm choking on it's not a mascara in my mouth and I don't know what I'm doing and I feel crazy. Like, what about those people? So I made a podcast for for those people and I pulled back the curtain. I was like, this is who I am. And then, like I said, I just really listened to the community. I started my company in January of 2020 with the intention for it to be a live events company. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> timing. <laughs> turns out it turned into a personal development membership that had like at one point 2,400 women in this paid membership community. And then I started a podcast course to help women launch podcasts because people were asking me like, Keish, how'd you do this? And then how to monetize your podcast because mm-hmm. people were asking me that. And then it turned into a merch line and now we're doing live events finally. And it's just really evolved because I'm willing to say when I get that discomfort that so many people listening in can connect to this, I know that you can, where that visceral, like, ugh, mm-hmm. something's off, instead of shoving it down, trying to wish it away, I'm yeah. like, yes, this means that, like, my body's trying to tell me it's time to make a change. I have to just be brave enough to listen to it and just disattach from the outcome, thinking that it's mm-hmm. ever going to be the forever thing. But it's more like you're kind of, yeah, you're like bopping along, right? So that's kind of, I don't even know. That's how I got it. No, I freaking love it because I'm even thinking like, sure, I'm sure my listeners are getting something, but I'm like, oh my God, like this is speaking to me even. And I'm a huge believer in that little, like, you know, how we started this conversation about that little ping on your heart and just listening and taking action, right? Like we don't have to know the next five steps. All we have to do is take one step and go through the door. And then it's almost as if when you become in alignment with what that thing is, all these other things fall into place. 
You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's incredible and it's so beyond you, but we can only see what's right there. So, so much to unpack here though. So you Mm -hmm. just freaking created an empire basically just by listening to a gut thought and acting on it and not being afraid to do things messy, not being afraid to fail. You took a risk, but yet it was a little bit of a calculated risk. Like you said, you were responsible for somebody else's livelihood too. So during all of that, I'm sure you're human, just like the rest of us. There were some maybe doubts, maybe some insecurities. Mm -hmm. You know, walk me through that and how you controlled those thoughts and moved past them so that you could continue on this journey. Yeah. So what's interesting for me, we talk a lot about comparison of not comparing ourselves to other people. And in reality, I think that comparison is very natural and it's very human. We are wired as humans like to want to belong in community. So of course we care what other people think about us. And I actually think that other people are examples of what's possible for us if we look at it through that lens. So in full transparency, I actually don't struggle for whatever reason a lot with comparing myself to other people because I look at them as like, proof of if they can do it, then I sure as hell can do it. They can figure this out. Like they don't have unicorn dust in their veins. Like I'm sure I can figure (laughs) this out. They just been maybe doing this longer. But what I struggle with, and I've had to work through a ton is comparing myself to a prior version of myself when Mm. the circumstances were different. Okay. So whether that was when I was at Google and I like knew what to do as a recruiter at Google and I could crush it and I was getting a lot of like positive reinforcement, I felt really good and I felt really confident. And then when I moved into the network marketing business, like I built that up and I felt really good. But when I made the transition from building a network marketing business to building my own business, I forgot almost that like you have to suck at the beginning again. (laughs) Like you don't get to skip that stage no matter what, even if you crush it in something else. And I, like, it was so overwhelming to me. I was like, but like, if I go back to that, I know what to do there. And it's like that human desire of wanting to repeat the familiar patterns and our brain wired to keep us in certainty and safety is a weird thing to work against when you know that for you to feel fulfilled as a human, you want contribution and growth and you Mm -hmm. want to stretch yourself and you, you care about that progress. As humans, we love that. But you're working against your own brain's like primal nature of wanting to keep you safe in familiar thought patterns. And that was a weird dance for me to recognize that like when I'm starting anything new, including I'm right now I'm in the process of planning my first big live women's event, which I've never done that before. So everything feels like it's overwhelming because I'm like, ah, sponsorship. <laughs> how do I get like, I know how to do the things that I know how to do. Right. But anything we do for the first time, we don't know how. And it's like, giving ourselves that permission and making sure that we don't, even in like our daily life, like there is someone listening to this right now that is going through a season of tremendous anxiety or grief Mm -hmm. or a big transition in your relationship or in your fertility journey or like something that's super heavy. And the only thing you might remember from this podcast episode is just the reminder that if you're comparing yourself and you're defining what quote unquote success looks like to you now, today, on this day, when the circumstances were different than when whatever you're navigating through wasn't happening three months ago, you're going to always feel like you're failing. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. So it's sure. like one thing that I've gotten really good at through needing to learn how to do it is defining my own success criteria in the exact season that I'm in. And sometimes that season is a couple of months. And sometimes that season is, if you're in a really tough, like mental season too, 
that season could be a day. Like, what is your season for today? (laughs) What success looks like today? And then wipe the slate of it clean and then move on to the next day. Because I think we have to give ourselves credit that sometimes humaning Mm-hmm. is tough, but especially for ambitious women that listen into a podcast like this, that you've got big dreams and goals. So you got to be really careful of how you're th- like the thoughts that you're thinking sure. which are driving your perception of the world and how capable you think you are to operate in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such great advice. And it is such a great way to look at comparison because you're not the first person to bring up comparison on this yeah. season of the show. Yeah. And it's funny because in most other um, instances, it's been a stifling thing. But if you flip the script, yeah. perception, right? And and how it's we totally. want to interpret that. So I love that. And I also love that you're comparing your, yourself to this up-level version of Keisha. Like, yeah, incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So on your show, you've talked a lot about confidence and use this bucket analogy, which I yeah. absolutely love. And that's also a unique way to look at it. So can you describe that and and also kind of teach my listeners how to utilize that in their lives? Yeah. So I think confidence is at the basis of everything. Like if you've got big dreams and goals or even just relationships, how you want to show up to your life, like confidence is the foundation. So everything that I do, that's the number one goal. It's not get to XYZ milestone. It's just how can I build up my belief in myself and my ability to figure things out? Mm-hmm. Because life is going to throw curveballs. You're going to have this massive idea. It's going to totally flop. Someone that you thought was going to support you is going to say something. They're like, what the hell? Like someone close to you is going to get sick. I mean, there's just like stuff's going to happen. And yeah. so life, right? I'm like, life, yeah, yeah. It's just be, you're going to be a human. Like, <laughs> welcome to the club. There's 7 billion of us. But truly, it's like at the basis, I think of confidence. So I think of confidence like it's a bucket. And every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself, it's like you're putting a tiny deposit into your bucket. Like picture in your head this like analogy, right? It's like plop, 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 plop every single day that you show up. And I think where we unintentionally rob ourselves of fulfillment, joy, and confidence building opportunities Mm. is when we only have these big, massive goals and we wait until we get quote unquote there, wherever there is to feel proud. And then that serves as a confidence deposit then. But in reality, it's like every single day that you show up, you can set three little micro goals. It could be drink half your body weight in, you know, ounces of water. Mm -hmm. And it could be finally go live on Instagram. It could be have that tough conversation. It could be unplug and don't be within an arm's length distance of your phone and be present with your significant other. It could be whatever it is for you, like push a little bit harder in your workout, like something that's very like tactical, something that you can actually measure. So that way it counts as like, I put this deposit in my bucket because I kept this promise to myself. I did the thing that I said that I was going to do after the feeling that I said it and is gone, right? And every single day, you're just adding these deposits. So then when Sally Sue 293 on Instagram is like, man, I don't like your business or is like your podcast sucks or like, so someone told me once that I sound like Jojo Swinka crack or something like that little like YouTuber that was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, Jojo Siwa. I was like, I'm 32 and she's like 14 and you're telling me I have more energy than her. It sounds like I'm doing something right. Okay. I don't know about you. She left a review on my podcast and it was like a, it was still like a three or four star reveal. I was like, you hate me, but you still have me three stars. Thanks girl. Anyway, point is when something like that happens or when your aunt thinks your business is dumb or someone doesn't support you or your life choices, not even your business. If you're not even an entrepreneur listening into this, it's like, 
it's gonna feel like someone smacked the side of your confidence bucket and some of your confidence, like for sake of this analogy, sloshes out. Yeah. Because you're a human. And mm-hmm. the people that say like, blinders on, screw what everyone else thinks about you. Like, it's a cute idea, but I don't know. I'm emotional. I do care what people right. think. That's also why I care about my impact. Mm-hmm. And I care about my ripple effect. And I want it to be a damn tidal wave because I do care that I show up for people. I care what I think most, which is the secret sauce. But I do still, I'm curious as to people's perception to a certain degree that it doesn't get me too high or too low. Yeah. As in, if people love me, great. If people don't like me, okay. But it's the people that know me the best. Like John C. Maxwell has a quote that says, if the people that know me the best love me the most, that's success. Yeah. Right? But from a confidence perspective, it's like we've got to prepare ourselves to go through life knowing that not everyone is going to get mm. your path because they're not supposed to. Right. Because we're all gifted unique visions for our life. Mm-hmm. So how can you set yourself up today with a micro focus of what do I need to do today to feel like I'm building confidence? And if you're in a season where life feels really hard, literally it's 30 minutes of movement outside. It's drinking water. Yeah. It's sending mm-hmm. that one email. It's do whatever it is. Like you get to define that criteria and then keep doing that every single day. Three tiny little things. And the extra stuff is like icing on the cake, sprinkles on top, but that's really what the cake is. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help you so much. And I, I really truly believe that I'm so confident in my ability to figure things out because I'm humble enough to know that I'm totally going to screw things up. But I also believe like I've seen shit go wrong (laughs) and I've still figured it out. I'm like, I can do it because at the basis of it, I know that me getting my workout in and me doing these certain things that are going to help support me is going to make me believe that I can tackle the world. And I'm going to have days where I doubt myself, but I just remind myself like that's part of the full human experience Mm -hmm. is – We want that contrast. I want the highs, but I also actually want the contrasting lows so that the highs feel even better, but also because the lows are when you learn resilience and grit and build character. Absolutely. So, okay. I just want to, I want to dive into that a little bit more because one thing I also think that you've mastered is being able to kind of do all these things while running a company, like you're getting ready to get married, right? You you just mentioned like your workout. I'm guessing you're somebody who also has maybe like a morning routine or some sort of ritual throughout the day that you do that you're like, this is Keisha time. Like maybe it's a meditation or whatever. And I think the theme here too, which is so funny because it always pops up is like the self-love. Like you understand that the relationship that you have with yourself is by far superior to any other relationship you have. And that commitment, which you're talking about making these deposits into that bucket goes along with that. So how do you kind of keep all these different areas of your life in balance? Because when I hear this, I'm like, holy shit, she's got a lot going on, but you make it look so effortless. Yeah, I say no to things that don't feel like hell yes is so Oh my God, often, can you right? say it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten so, like one of my best characteristics is I'm getting so damn good at saying no to things. And it's because it's just the reminder in the back of my head always that when I'm saying yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. So am I living my priorities or am I giving lip service to my priorities? Mm -hmm. And something that I've done ever since I got into this space, literally, this has been something that has been a real focus of mine since January of 2014. So for years now has been, I map out my priorities before my to-dos 
Because at the end of the day, the outcome's not guaranteed, but the process sure as hell is. And that's on the forefront of my brain always. So if I actually say that my marriage is the most, I'm not technically married. We've been together for 13 (laughs) years, but we consider ourselves married already, but we're actually doing that pretty soon. (laughs) And I'm like, if I say that that's a priority to me and that I actually want to be the type of person that I want to show people what's possible to live this life where like, I'm actually obsessed with the process and I'm fulfilled by the process. And I don't feel like I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off all the time. Like it's real that I don't feel that way, which means I have to prioritize the things that are actually going to fulfill me in order for me to show up the way that I want to. Cause I'm not here to do things just to get it done. Mm -hmm. I want to do it to do it because that feels so different and people feel different. Like I'm so present where my feet are right now. I have no idea what is on my schedule after this. I literally am like, I don't even know. Cause I'm like, I'm here just talking to you and to your community. And, and that's taken so much intentional effort, which is for me, it's blocking off time with girlfriends, time with my significant other. It's blocking off time where I'm not within an arm's length distance of my phone and nobody can reach me. I'm literally unavailable. Right. Mm. And then asking myself, I have the privilege of being an entrepreneur full-time, which means I can, and a lot of people listening into this podcast might have the same privilege that we do, but like I'm very intentional about saying when is my energy the best mm. because I'm plopping in th- like things into my schedule based off of my energy flow. So I'm never wasting that time right after a workout. I'm d- like I'm recording a solo podcast episode when I'm disgustingly smelly and in my sports bra and sweaty and just sitting on my chair. That's when I'm recording because my energy is so good. I'm not going to waste that answering some random emails about right. someone that wants to come on my podcast. Like I'm just not going to waste that energy. So I think number one from a tactical perspective is asking yourself like, am I actually putting my priorities on my calendar? Because if if it's not, it's going to be the easiest thing to let go because nobody's going to fire you if you don't show up to your relationship. Yeah. But you're not going to have a relationship you're excited about eventually. That's going to compound. And And you feel, if you feel alone, it's like asking yourself, am I spending the time to block off time to talk to my girlfriends or my sister or my mom or the the relationships that I feel are important? And if you don't see it on your calendar, good luck because life is so crazy Yeah. that I remember during the peak season of building my business while working full-time, I had these Wednesday calls when I was in New York with one of my best friends in Seattle. And I had a Monday call when I was in New York with my other best friend in Seattle. There were so many times that I'm like, I don't have time for this. And I was like, do I want to be the person that I look back and all of a sudden these relationships faded because I said I didn't have time because I just wanted to build this business more quickly when in turn, I was so fulfilled by those conversations that that I could show up to my business in a way that I was more excited and the results were even better. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't even know if I answered your question, but oh, one thing I will say, Erin, for my tactical like little thing that's so easy to implement and people hear me say this and they're like, but if you do it, it is a game changer. Every morning I brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. I hope you do too. I hope everyone does. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, my my fiance is a dentist. He he actually just left dentistry, but he it's we're big on the full Sonicare rotation here. Yeah. So when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm priming my brain to think about what I'm excited about for the day. Always Ooh, the entire uh-huh. Sonicare rotation, I'm thinking, ooh, what am I excited about? Because whatever you look for, you're gonna find. So I'm Absolutely. not like mm, today's me, me. I don't yeah. like sleep well. Like, no. So I'm doing that. And then at night when I brush my teeth, I'm looking for all the things that I'm proud of myself for from a character perspective. Mm. Like you showed up really well for this today, Kaish. Like you should feel proud of yourself for how you handled that conversation. Not you accomplished this. Not all of the 
accolades that someone else would clap for, but the things that I know were challenging for me, like you were more patient in this than you normally would have. You pushed yourself a little bit harder in this workout or you didn't push yourself as hard and you needed to listen to your body, like whatever it is. And it gives me this sandwich every day that helps with the confidence building too. Oh, I like that. And you make it part of your toothbrushing routine. That's great. I know. I just Habit stacking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just went to the dentist and they always ask like, oh, do you floss? And I don't lie. I just am like, I'm like, no, (laughs) no, I don't. I'm good for a solid two weeks. And then after that, it's just, it's a gamble. So, it is. but maybe it is. if I was doing this routine, I would want a little bit more time than that oh. two minute cutoff when your brush stops that I might go, hmm. All of a sudden, I'm, a, I'm an avid your flosser. De- <laughs> your dentist is going to be DMing me like, <laughs> I don't know what you said to her, but she's flossing. <laughs> I know. Dr. Eric will be all up in your business. you like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. But I love these little things because these are little tidbits that somebody can actually take and use and implement that make a world of a difference. And it doesn't like require that much additional effort. It's something you're already doing. It's just looking at it a different way. And again, what I heard there is at night when you're doing your routine, you're filling your bucket up again, right? Yeah. Because you're you're just having a conversation with yourself. And I have a couple girlfriends, um, Becca and Megan, and we read the book, You Are a Badass, together. And so yeah. we will jump on Marco Polo and do something similar where we'll share like our badass moments. And so that kind of <gasps> felt like what you were doing with yourself, which I, I love. And I'm assuming you're in front of the mirror as well, which kind of lends to like affirmations and stuff like that. Yeah. So do you do affirmations? Are you a believer in that? I'm definitely a believer in that. And it's funny that you said you're a badass because my if I'm ever having like an off moment, especially when I was first getting in the entrepreneurial space and I was way more full of doubt because at the beginning you have no proof to look back on that it's ever going to work. And so you're extra like for anyone that's new to it, like you and you feel like you're pushing a gigantic monster truck tire up a hill and you feel <laughs> yeah. like you're going to die. That's totally normal. And my fiance would make me scream out of our, we lived in like a sky rise building. He would like be like, Kaish, get pumped up. He would make me scream out the window, I'm a badass <laughs> to the streets. And I would always like cry and laugh so hard. And he was like, say it. You didn't even say it like you mean to. He'd be like, he's like, say I'm a badass. Keisha. I'm like, ah. Oh. So whenever you talk about badass, I always think of that. Yeah. So oh, funny. I love that. It's, it's mm-hmm. awesome that you found a partner who is such a hype man for you. Like that's incredible. Yeah. How did you two meet? We met in college at a house party where I was dancing on a table drinking vodka out of the bottle. And she was like, that girl. (laughs) She's who I want to be with for the rest of my life. I'm getting a vibe from like 10 things I hate about you, like Julia Stiles up there. That that was me. You literally. Yeah. And he was just like hot Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Persian Heath Ledger. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And then from there, here we are 13 years later. I mean, so how has being in a relationship the whole time, like, do you think you've obviously had to have some additional balance, but also you were taking on some responsibility and made a decision early on to kind of help support him financially. So that's, I mean, you just knew though, he was your person. Yeah. I knew when we were living in New York, we had been together for five years. He wanted to be a dentist he had a very linear path and it was really interesting. And I'm sure some people can connect with this where I've actually, even as an entrepreneur, I knew that I was on the right path, but sometimes I felt so scattered that I almost wished that I had a linear path like him because he knew exactly what he needed to do and he could just crush it. It was like, go to school, get this degree, then take this test. Like it was so mapped out, which 
honestly sounds really boring to me for my personality, but at, sometimes I, it's almost like you, you crave what you don't have because you feel so uncertain. And turns out he became a dentist and he practiced for a couple of years and he came to me six months ago and was like, Keish, this, this doesn't, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is not the lifestyle mm-hmm. that like we want to create. I think being exposed to me having this like kind of all over the place lifestyle. He's like, I, I just, I think I'm wasting my potential here. And I think I did this a lot. He's Persian. So I think there's a lot of cultural, like be a de- dentist, be a doctor, be a lawyer, yeah. be like these types of professions. And he's Stable like, I didn't even realize. Careers, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, he felt a lot of pressure to become that. And I think he he created this idea that that's what he wanted. And so he left. So now we're in this season. So we have transitioned from him applying to dental school and what my role was with that. Me kind of wanting his linear career path and then me starting a business and then me transitioning out of the business and then him starting his career and then him transitioning out of his I mean, we've gone through so many of those transitions. And every time what's been the, the forefront of like what works for us is this idea of having a micro focus and this macro vision of where we're both going together. Mm. So the micro focus of like, what do I need to do to win the day today in our relationship? And then as individuals, so we can support each other and hype each other up on the, on the micro and then knowing we're going this direction together. We're going to figure this out together. What are our individual roles to contribute to the team? And how can we utilize our strengths? Because we're polar opposites, but also best friends. Like polar opposites in a lot of ways. Like his brain is super analytical and structured. And he like, everything is like clean around him. And I like look like a tornado all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it's like a total yin and yang, but like actual best friends. And I think it's like coming back to that always of having like, what do we need to do to feel like we're winning and making progress? And going in the same direction, but like, what do we need as people in a relationship together? Yeah. What do we need as roommates together? Mm-hmm. What do we need as both being now entrepreneurs together? Like, how do we support each other in all of those different roles? And I think a lot of people that have had big transitions with significant others, maybe working in the house together for the first time with like COVID mm-hmm. and just different changes, it's reminding yourself that that person is now playing a lot of different roles. More so even like roommates in addition. There's different expectations of how we show up as roommates together. But like him taking, I'm not acts of service love language. Like him taking out the trash. I'm like, great job. You're being a good roommate. But like, <laughs> yeah. like, but like I want like quality time. And like, mm. I want you to like hug me and tell me how much you love me. Like I'm a physical touch quality time yeah. person. So, so it's like knowing those things and balancing whatever season you're in and asking what are the responsibilities of how you want each person to show up in their, their roles. Cause they're also unique has been the best challenge and also why I feel so close to him. Like, mm. I just am like, we got the marriage spirit. Like, <laughs> we got this. Well, you we already said it. it. You're like, it's like, we're already married. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you can survive a pandemic, you can survive all these life changes all while planning a wedding and just running your business and finding time for yourself and to work out and to take care of all the other little things that just come up on the day-to-day. Like, I think you're pretty solid. So <laughs> well, I mean, it's you. awesome. Hashtag, hashtag goals, okay? Hashtag goals. For any of my single listeners out there who, which there's there's quite a, a bit, and I mean, I find myself back in that pool I think right now I personally am in a season where I'm like healing, right? So I'm taking the time yeah, to just kind of get back to, okay, who is Erin at her core? Like, where does Erin mm. want to go from here in terms of love and relationships and, and how much do I want to put myself back out there right now? And how much do I want to just focus on 
what feels like a hell yes right now, right? What feels yeah. like my my work and pouring myself into that. For for a single gals who see what you've been able to build and not just professionally, but also personally, like yeah. what little tidbits of advice can you, you know, give us? Yeah. It's so interesting to be in the place sitting like this many years into our relationship. Sure. Like I never was like they didn't even have dating apps when we started dating. He would like write on my Facebook wall and I wouldn't respond to him because he was like <laughs> pursuing me. We were in college, so, like we're babies. But I think the thing that I always talk to my single friends and even women in my community about is like being you and doubling down on being the the best version of you because you're going to attract someone at that vibration. And when confidence is the foundation where you're just like, I'm building confidence that I've got this on my own. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to do. This is who I am. And you can be so unapologetic about it. You're going to attract someone that's at that vibration that can handle it. Because truth of the matter is, especially for women that are super ambitious go-getters, there's a lot of men. And we get a ton of questions about this of like supporting a woman that's so go getter. Mm-hmm. Like some men are super uncomfortable with it. Sure. And or it's intimidated, like, right? Or intimidated by it, or they, because like, they're insecure themselves. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, if you are someone who's just going after it right now, it's like building up that confidence that you're only going to accept someone that's going to, like, it's, they do it with you because they're going to help you do you better. And they're going to help, like, make this vision come alive together. I just think that that's where the standard has to be. Yeah. And a lot of people that, break up along the way. Like, I mean, most people don't meet at 19 and they're still together, especially when they're both growing. So, I mean, we've changed so much since 19. And I think it's because we've been one of those couples that have like intentionally grown together rather than like accidentally growing apart or like just really having a lot of friction. But for single people, you're in a really unique opportunity, which I'm sure that it can be so challenging and I can't connect with it personally. But I can say that it's like, know how valuable it is to have this time to just get on the wavelength that you're like, I will not tolerate crap. I will not like be with someone that doesn't understand my ambition. I won't be with someone that doesn't make me better, doesn't contribute, doesn't have his own thing, like doesn't whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you get to pick those rules. And isn't the point because this is the thing that makes me so frustrated about society. People freak out about not being married by 30 or 35 or whatever. And like all this stuff. And I'm like, isn't the point not to get married by 30 or 35 or 40, but to still be married and happily married to the right person at like 85? Like, yeah. I want to twerk in my wheelchair when I'm like wrinkly <laughs> with Santa. Like I, we've been together for 13 years and we're now getting married. I didn't know for the first five years that I wanted to marry him because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going this direction. I feel it. Like, I hope you can come on board. And if you can't, I love you, but like that won't work. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he knew like date two. He was like, I'm, we're getting married. I was like, I don't know about that. And five years <laughs> later, I'm like, okay, fine, I'm down. But truly, right? I think it's like, that's the beauty of it. And I, I can imagine it has its own challenges. But at the same time, like you get to do you. So like, exactly. you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about anybody else's thoughts about it. You don't have to like take care of anyone else's feelings or when they're going through something, you don't have to like put your business to the side and like help that. Like I've had to do that in a lot of seasons and it's, I, I do it a million times over, but it's like honor the season that you're in rather than wishing it away because you won't get it back. You will eventually find that person. Mm -hmm. And I hope that during that time, you just got so self-aware and you built this life that you're obsessed with that you're like, yeah, come on board. 
and contributor, otherwise, bye. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> deuces, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's yeah. so true. And, and I love that you're advocating and saying, like, you don't have to be a watered-down version of yourself for yeah. somebody else. Like, And if you are being one, then that's not the person for you because somebody yeah. should be able to come into your life and be a vibrational match and appreciate all of you, all aspects. And I know for me, like on this confidence piece, so funny, I used to be embarrassed by my laugh. Like I've just always snorted when I laughed. And it's so cute. I literally wanted to hug you right when you did it first. I was like, I love her. (laughs) But it's funny because it's just part of me, right? Yeah. But it's different and not everybody does that, right? And so you grow up and you're like, oh gosh, I have this quirk or this thing that like, should I be repressing this? And then I grew into it and I'm like, no, this is what makes you unique. And this is, this is just you. And if you can't show up as you for somebody or they don't accept it, then bye, because you're not, you're not my person. So yeah. And you're going to resent that. Like, oh, the for other sure. thing yeah. too is like, it's that piece of like, you don't want to do life with someone, water yourself down, trying to convince yourself, spending all this energy convincing yourself that you want the path that right now someone listening to this, the relationship that you're in is not working, but you're telling yourself this story. We've been together for five years. We have to get married. All my friends are already having babies. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't want to have a baby with that person. You right. know it. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Just, yes, it does. It's not about time invested either. Right. Right. Like if this relationship wasn't working, it's not about the 13 years I've invested. I'm like, I became a better person because of this person. If it, and if it wasn't working, I would, I swear to you, I would say, thank you for this chapter, but I'm not looking backwards because I'm not going that way. Mm-hmm. I don't care about time invested. I care about the future. And I want to make sure that's something I'm excited about. Yeah. And you don't want to just fall into it. Yeah. And that was where I was at just a few months ago, which is crazy because I'm telling you, I could still be in that relationship right now and I could still be this much closer to my goal of getting remarried. I'm divorced and and also having the family I've always wanted. But I had that conversation with myself and I really was like, okay, Erin, like it doesn't matter that you've invested 11 months and that you've shared this with your community and you thought he was your person. Like the second I recognized something was off and my intuition and my gut kicked in, I'm like, Mm. nope, not anymore. Because in the past I used to sweep it under the rug. I mean, again, how many more times are we going to sweep something under the rug? No, no, no. Like I know what I want out of this world and out of life and out of a relationship. And I also know what I want in a partner if that's not aligning, then I have to make that commitment to myself. No matter how much it hurts or how hard it is, mm-hmm. I know all of that, those things will eventually get better with time, but it's like, no, yeah. you have to honor that within yourself. And I feel very proud that I was able to do that. And so I appreciate you saying that. And to anybody who is in that spot, like reach out to us, DM us, whatever, we will yeah. support you because you gotta, you gotta stay true to you. You do. Oh. Well, it's cool because the story that you could have been telling yourself to and other women might be of being embarrassed about it not working out or thinking, I thought this was the person and like now I was wrong. And it's like that ego piece that's very mm-hmm. in, in all of us. But it's like, I bet you there are so many women in your community that listen into this podcast that feel more connected to you mm-hmm. and are more inspired by you because you were willing to leave 
what could have been by somebody else's definition good because you wanted your version of great. We need more women that are talking about this. Like so many women have said to me, it's so inspiring how long you've waited to get married. Like, didn't you yeah. feel the pressure from everyone? Are you, I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, five <laughs> years ago, I was on a trip to Hawaii and his mom and I were on the plane, just us two. And he was meeting us from a different flight. And she was like, just get married. I don't just have a baby. Like, just, <laughs> I was like she's like trying to get me drinks. I'm like, dude, like get off. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's so inspiring. And I think it's like reminding yourself that your path is also showing other people what's possible and they can mm. borrow belief from you that they can get through it because you're being so transparent about it. So I love that uh, you're honest about it and you talk about it. So yeah. you're great. Well, thank you. I'm like, you made me tear <laughs> up because I'm just, it, but you're absolutely yeah. right. I I think there was a split moment of some apprehension and and a yeah. little bit of fear around it because I, I actually thought in this, this West Ego, I was like, well, gosh, I don't want anybody out there to be like, oh, if it didn't work out for Aaron, it's not going to work out for me. And then I was Mm. like, no, 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 it didn't work out for me, but that's okay because I'm going to take the time, heal, and put myself back out there because I absolutely still have the faith. I mean, you talk about seeing somebody else, the the positive way of looking at comparison, right? I see somebody else like yourself and I'm like, okay, that's me. She did it. I can do it too, right? Yep. Yep. And I'd much rather be patient and wait for somebody who I'm going to be able to grow with and yeah. have great communication with who's going to tell me, yell out the window, you are a <laughs> badass, Erin. <laughs> I love that. I mean, that's incredible, girlfriend. That is incredible. So you hang on like, to him. I was like, fine, I'll marry you. Fine, I'll marry you and make like beautiful babies with you one day. Like you're going to be great. Okay, fine. <laughs> oh my God, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So Keisha, if my listeners want to find you, follow you, tune yeah. into your podcast, how do they find you? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I just oh my gosh. You. So uh, my favorite platform is Instagram. It's just at Keisha, K-A-C-I-A dot Fitzgerald. My podcast is called Empower Her. It's a Monday, Thursday podcast. Check it out. Everything's at KeishaFitzgerald.com. But yeah, check it out if you tune into the show. DM me. I love connecting with everyone. And let us know if you liked this episode too. I love like hearing feedback about stuff. So oh, me too. Me too. And I'm sure there are so many nuggets in here. Like I'm going to be listening to it. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh my you. gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm going to cast some questions Keisha's way, and she's going to rummage through her tackle box for the answers. Hook us up with your best relationship advice. Learn how to do you and know yourself really well before you expect that someone else is going to be able to contribute to your happiness. Like, you have to know how to make yourself happy. And I think a lot of times we put the expectations for someone else to make us happy. That's a really slippery slope. Even as someone that's been in a really long relationship, I would never want to put that pressure on my significant other to be responsible for my happiness. Like, that's a me thing. What's the cringiest pickup line someone's used on you? Oh my gosh, I've been out of the game for so long. Like, Cena is my just creepy pickup line. We say that he had, my fiance Cena, we say that he had no game game because like he just didn't. Have, he would like ride on my Facebook wall, literally, and he'd be like, it was so fun to see you at this party. Like, we should hang out sometime. I pick up line in bars. Like, you've heard like, your feet must be tired. Like, I've literally even said that to you. Your feet must be tired. You've been running through my mind all day. I'm like, I literally just walked into this bar, bro. And like, can you just get me my spicy margarita? Cause I don't know you. If you want to buy it for me, great. But like, I can afford my own. So like, whatever. <laughs> so- <laughs> 
What's something that you're going to let go of that might be holding you back from claiming what you want? So in my childhood, I had to be pretty self-sufficient. I had an addict in my family and I developed a belief from an early age that like I just have to do it on my own. Like nobody can do it like I can do it. Like I'll just do it. I don't have to rely on anybody else. And that's something that I'm constantly still, it comes up for me still to this day. There are people that are close to me that they always show up, right? Like I know that I can count on them and it's reminding myself to take stuff off of my plate and resist the urge to say like, nobody can do it as well as I can, even including in my relationship. Mm. Where I'm like, I trust that like you will handle this and I can take it off my plate. And it's, it actually doesn't come out verbally anymore, which it used to and that caused a lot of issues because now I can catch it in real time. I can catch that thought and I think as humans, we're not responsible for our first thought, but we're responsible for our second thought. Mm. So my first thought sometimes is like, oh, I just like want to do it on my own. And my second thought is, okay, but what's that story that you're telling yourself that someone else can't, she can do it way better than you. Let her do it, right? There you go. Do it. Go get it, yeah. right? Thank you so much for joining Keisha and me for this conversation. Seriously, how incredible is she? If you're like me after you hear this, then you're going to go binge a ton of episodes from her podcast just to stay in her energy. I pretend like we're co-working, two boss babes at a WeWork-esque type of place, you know, (laughs) creating, getting shit done. When in reality, I'm sitting at my kitchen table by myself listening to the Empower Her podcast. Here are a few key takeaways from the episode. One, learn how to define your own success criteria in the exact season of life you're in versus comparing yourself to others or to your past self. Spend some time thinking about what success looks like today and then wipe the slate clean and move on to the next day, giving yourself credit where credit is due. Two, confidence is the basis of everything. Create goals that involve building yourself up as well as your belief in your ability to figure things out versus setting milestones. Three, pretend you have a bucket and every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself, you make a deposit into that bucket. Then when something comes along that is challenging or you receive some negative feedback from an outside source, even if a little confidence sloshes outside of your bucket, you're consistently replenishing it and it will never go empty. Four, be selective in how you spend your time, your energy, and how you prioritize things. Say no to things that don't feel like a hell yes, because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Lastly, Focus on being the best version of you because you'll attract the right people at that vibration, whether you're wanting a romantic partner, a business partner, or friends. Own who you are. Be unapologetically you. Next week, you have me all to yourselves. That's right. I'm back with a solo cast on how I'm claiming financial freedom and how you can too. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in. This is an episode you're going to want to tune into and take copious notes. Now is the time to ditch limiting beliefs surrounding money and step into the abundance that awaits when we change our thought process and approach how we view money. All right, ladies, I said it once and I'll say it again. Before we can reel in the catch of a lifetime, we must first bait the hook with self-love.